This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome into the Stinky Truth Podcast. Alongside my partner, Mike Evans, I am Mark Schlereth. Uh, Millennial Ben producing the show. want to thank the great presenting sponsors that we have. Uh, the great folks over at Bet Rivers for all your uh, for all your needs for when it comes to betting. Uh, you know what? Bet, uh, bet with Bet Rivers. Check them out. BetRivers.com. Also, download the app and... Also want to thank our guys over at Dude Wipes. Uh, Dude Wipes, incredible. I don't go anywhere without Dude Wipes in my pocket. Everywhere I go, I got Dude Wipes in my pocket. I was recently in Syracuse for Uh Parents Weekend for my daughter at Syracuse University, and um, I made sure I had Dude Wipes with me everywhere I went because when you were drinking a lot of beer and eating a lot of meat, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what that can lead to? Yes. And so uh, let's just say... I needed the dude wipes. Came well, in very handy. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but just uh, clean yourself up. You know, courtesy wipe. Cur- <laughs> Every now and again, I'll just go get a little courtesy wipe. Just make sure I'm true fresh. story. True story. Right, yeah. Real quick. Real oh, quick. good. I love true, true story. Okay. So one thing I've learned over the years, and this is my advice to pass along to all you guys when you travel, especially uh-huh. when you travel with family. Okay. Yeah. When you're in a hotel room, a cramped hotel room with your family, let's face it. When it comes time to use the bathroom, you just don't feel as comfortable as right. you normally would. Thin walls and everything like that. My biggest advice is always, if you have time, go down to the hotel lobby bathrooms. They're usually empty. And clean. And clean. Mm-hmm. So during the trip last weekend, I probably used the hotel lobby bathroom maybe five or six times. And there were times that I'd be walking across a crowded lobby mm-hmm. carrying my dude wipes. Right. Doing, <laughs> doing the clenchy walk. Just right. a clenchy walk carrying here, there. The, carrying my little dude wipes like a little, <laughs> like a book on my way to class. I rolled down to the hotel lobby in a bathrobe, <laughs> dude wipes in hand. Yes. Like, hey, don't hey. mind me. I'm just going to take a dump. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm, right? like, I'm, I'm like, I might as well be carrying a sign. Yeah, I don't. I do the same thing. If I'm in a hotel room and I got the wife in the, yeah, I just yeah. go, yeah, I'm going down to the lobby for a minute. Exactly. Yeah, I'll get a cup of coffee on my way back. You want anything? <laughs> you know, make sure you wash your hands. <laughs> All right, I, I, am, uh, I am in, and, and again, uh, I, I feel like we uh, buried the lead. Uh, Bet Rivers, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we'll get to our picks later. All right, all right. All right. Hey, so let's jump right into it. The uh, Houston Texans and Miami Dolphins, 
collectively are going nowhere this season, and the Dolphins even uh, much much more so a surprise disappointment at one and five, which I guess shouldn't surprise us that uh, both franchises may be looking to f- shake things up and trade Deshaun Watson. But, uh, you know, I've said this for a while. Until you figure out exactly what's going on, do they know something that the rest of the world doesn't know? Until you know what's going on, how can you how can you make that trade? I mean, obviously, like. There are these pending lawsuits, right? Now, is he going to settle those lawsuits? He said he's going to fight the lawsuits, right? So, I mean, how long does that take before you're eligible? to? And now, he's eligible to play right now. I mean, he could play Houston just choosing not to play him. But he's eligible to play. But, you know, and even if he settles these lawsuits, the, the league is still going to suspend him for a time. Um, but he's so young that if you can weather the storm, I suppose, and – if you feel confident that he is going to uh, somehow not be, you know, either either penalized, jailed, whatever, and you can deal with a six, seven, eight game suspension, I suppose it makes sense. Or if 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 you're saying, hey, we're going to deal with the six game suspension, we think he's going to get out of the the you know the the civil suits, or he's going to settle the civil suits. They're not going to go to criminal trial. Um, and so it's going to be that part is going to be done with, um, and we're getting them at a discount right now because you remember this summer, like before all this stuff went down, it was well I give up five first rounders for Deshaun, I, you know, I, I whatever it takes. So it'll be interesting to see if this goes down. Obviously, the trade deadline is what November first, I think uh, November second, November second. Yeah. So you know the the talks are heating up, but they've had talks. There, there have been reports of talks continuously since summer camp. So we'll see if it goes down. But that would also mean, on the flip side, right, Tua. I mean, I'm assuming if you're getting rid of or if you're going to take on, you know, or maybe Tua goes back to Houston. Maybe it's just a, that that's part of the, hey, we're going to give you two first-rounders and our first-rounder Tua, and you can have him, and we'll take Watson off your hands. Perhaps, or Tua goes somewhere else in a, in a different deal, but – to your scenario that you're laying out, you're talking about a guy who's 26, will be 27 next year. The way I would look at it, so you're telling me I have to go through some short-term pain where his availability may be limited, but once he comes through all of it, let's assume he doesn't go to jail or anything, but he comes through all of it, and now I got this guy for the next 10 to 12 years? I I think that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. Now, the, the motivation for Miami, because you got a lot of franchises – even here in Denver, I think there's a sense that until his off-the-field issues are settled, this guy is too toxic. If a deal is going to go down with Miami, what what's different about the Miami situation? What's different about the Miami culture? What's different about Miami that would make this deal maybe fly a little bit easier? Well, I suppose you know they haven't had a legitimate quarterback that they get excited about since you know Dan Marino. And again, you talked about. Limiting, you know, the short-term pain, if you will, you'll you'll have some short-term, not only whatever the suspension might be, right? That that's going to happen. You're going to have to suffer through that, and you're going to have some short-term disappointment from your fan base. You know, there will be there will be a lot of fans out there, probably majority of fans, that won't like the decision or won't like, you know, the off-field. Um, you know, allegations that are levied against your quarterback. But you know what will happen? If that guy comes out and balls, if that guy comes out and plays lights out for three, four games, 
It's amazing how that narrative will change. It'll change to, hey, everybody Every- deserves a second yeah. chance. Right. Right. He was young. He made some mistakes. You know, he really didn't. You know, th- there will o- there will always be there will always be that kind of bridge mm-hmm. over that troubled water. America loves a good comeback story. Absolutely. And if he is playing like he played in Houston, because remember he was one of the top. He was one of the elite guys. He was one of the guys that you were talking about. You know, the upper echelon of, of guys. Um, you know, the entering. Dare I say that that unicorn category, um, and so if you get that kind of play out of that dude, it's amazing how quickly your fan base will forgive you for past transgressions. Let's get into some of the games and Kansas City. Did did Kansas City right the ship at all last week, or even in victory? Do you come away with still a lot of questions and concerns? Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's always going to be some questions and concerns when, you know, you look at what the Chiefs have done. You look at the turnovers that, you know, Patrick Mahomes has, um, you know, as the turnovers that he is accountable for, you know, the interceptions, some bad decisions, some of those things that he just hasn't done early in his career. And, you know, you still look at the lack of, of, to me, a running game, even though Williams had 21 carries last week. I mean, you still threw it 47 times, and I know that's kind of their balance. But I guess the big news to me is what they were able to do on the flip side of that. Um, The way they, you know, the way they play defense, something they haven't been able to do, something they haven't been very good at, limiting Washington to 15 first downs. Um you know, 276 total yards of offense, 182 passing yards. Like, this is something they have been a sieve on the defensive side of the ball. And I said this early in the season when they were struggling. And, um, you know, maybe the elixir to struggling defense is playing Washington. But the bottom line is the last couple of years they haven't played very good early on the defensive side of the ball. And you know what? At some point during the course of the season, they've been able to flip that switch. So, I think this is the first kind of sign that the Kansas City Chiefs have life. We know how good and how dominant they can be on the offensive side of the ball. If they get even mediocre defense, they're going to be they're going to be one of the tough teams to beat come playoff time. Baltimore's looked so good these these last couple of weeks, looking dominant in different ways. Lamar throwing the ball, defense, mm-hmm. but they're playing Cincinnati and. Do you get the sense that the Bengals and Joe Burrow are are starting to actually turn things around enough to the point where they can go into Baltimore and hang tight, maybe even pull off an upset? No. I think they're I think the Cincinnati Bengals are much improved. I think they're much improved. And you know, there's a true connection right now with uh Joe Burrow and Chase and you know, they are they're they're pretty damn good, Mike. They really are. But do I think they can get over the top? Do I think they can walk into Baltimore with a swagger and, and, and that it's going to take to beat the Baltimore Ravens? Especially, and again, Ravens are so uniquely structure, structured. And, and you're right about you're right about um, what's gone on in regards to uh, Lamar and, and the maturation process that's going on there, throwing the football. But the bottom line with the with the Ravens is, you know, they lost all their starting running backs early in the in the season. They lost their starting left tackle in Ronnie Stanley, uh, and, and he's been out for the majority of the season. Um, 
They they have lost they have lost a ton of players, and yet they just find a way to get it done. Uh, Marcus Peters, one of the great corners in this league, one of the big playmaking corners in this league. Maybe not great corner, but a huge playmaker in this league. Lost him. Like they have lost all these players, and yet they're still a dominant football team. I think this game to me is as much mentally, just a toughness standpoint. Can you walk into Baltimore, who has absolutely owned you, and and overcome that mental domination when you're playing a uniquely structured and uniquely built team that runs the ball in this cra- – like, again, you can't practice what the Baltimore Ravens are going to give you. You have to you, – you, you, you try, but you can't really f- have those fits. You know, you're not p- playing in pads. You're not going hardcore in practice. So those fits are so unique. They're so different. I mean, they got a fullback that's 313 pounds, you know, that's just rolling downhill in Ricard. So I, I just – I think this will be one of those games they walk into Baltimore and they take their beating like a lot of people take. Uh, did Vegas earn – a uh, a fan in you, an admirer in you, the way that they came out and handled the whole John Gruden fallout and went out and really yeah. thoroughly thrashed the Broncos here in Denver. Yeah, the Broncos end up scoring a couple of courtesy touchdowns late to make it a 10-point game, but it was a butt-whipping. And, um, and I was thoroughly impressed with the way that the Ravens handled their business. You know, in a, in a situation where you can say whatever you want about John Gruden, and, and I think Derek Carr summed it up perfectly. He said... Man, I love the man. I hate the sin, right? And I think that's the way a lot of people felt about John Gruden within that organization. I mean, that was it was stunning and it was hurtful and it was hard. Um, but the fact that they came together, they had the leadership within their locker room, the leadership within their organization to come out and play. And listen, if if you watch that game, I'm sure a lot of people didn't, but if you watch that game, that wasn't close. I mean, it was I was embarrassed. Being a Bronco, I was embarrassed that the Raiders seemed to understand that it was a rivalry and the Broncos didn't understand that there was an actual rivalry. Like every, from a competition standpoint, every 50-50 ball, both offensively and defensively, went to the Raiders. Like like they just absolutely opened a can of whoop-ass on the Broncos and the Broncos just took it. And, um, and it was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing loss. But kudos to the Raiders, which is, you know, a little bit like eating a turd sandwich for me, but kudos to the Raiders for the way they handled their adversity. The NFC West. You've got the Rams and Arizona. Both should have easy weeks of it with Detroit and and Houston, respectively. But San Francisco hosting Indy, Seattle hosting New Orleans. Mm -hmm. San Francisco or Seattle, both teams are in a – Rough patch. Their season could go either way right now. They're at a crossroads. Which one would you believe in more to be able to come through this and still be a playoff contender, San Francisco or Seattle? Uh, I would believe more in San Francisco. They, they should get Jimmy Garoppolo back. They have been so snake-bitten by injuries. I think they should get this bye week, probably hit them at a great time early to uh, hopefully get some of their players back. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's going to take time. He's going to take time for that finger to heal. And then, you know, after that finger heals and he's cleared medically to play, you know, what's it feel like? Is there numbness in that finger? You know, I don't know if you've ever had any major surgeries or any surgeries, but, you know, when they cut you open and, and fix something, um, 
oftentimes, you know, you, I mean, it, it takes a while, even after you're cleared to really get a feel for it again. So we'll see how that, how he operates with that, how that, you know, how Gino, I think Geno Smith has played well in, in his stead, but they're still 0-2 in the games that Geno Smith has played, right? He came in during that Thursday night game against the Rams. They dropped that game. He played pretty well in that game. And then last week against Pittsburgh, he played exceptionally well right up until, you know, the last drive of the game and, and gets a strip sack fumble, which was not his fault. But bottom line is is I think the, I think the, the 49ers getting Garoppolo back um, – yeah, I think they getting some hopefully some fresh running backs back that have been injured. Uh, I think they're the team that I would probably, if I had a bet, I'd bet on them. I had open heart surgery recently. Mm-hmm. You know, split yeah. my chest open, took my heart out. Does that qualify as a major surgery? Uh, I mean, I know I'm sitting in the presence of Mister Twenty Nine Surgeries. I got my back operated on and played the next week, but does, right. Getting your chest cracked? Do I do I earn some street cred in your mind? Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of street. Is, is your chest like is where the scars is? Is it numb at all? No, feels good. Feels good. There's yeah, no like not, none of that. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. I did come visit in the you hospital, and visit. I brought I brought you cookies. You brought your wife's cookies, right. and it was so funny because here I am, literally 48 hours removed from having my chest cracked open and split. And here comes Mark Schlereth sashaying down in the, and everyone's like, oh, Mark Schlereth is here. Oh, let's go see Mark Schlereth. And all of a sudden, my room was filled of nurses and doctors. Right. All there to see you. All, and, and to eat the, and the, eat the chocolate chip cookies. By the way, I'm like, I, hello. Hello. I, I had someone a, want to empty this bottle for me? I had a little outpatient, outpatient, outpatient heart little procedure uh-huh. um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, the nurse in during the procedure, because I had it at the same hospital you had your yeah. heart surgery. Yeah. Um, Kim. Nurse, Kim. Yeah. She you said. You Kim. Yeah. She oh, said. Kim was oh. great. She goes, please tell Michael. I said hi. Oh, I'm glad. I'm surprised she remembers my name. She, after and then she thanked my. She thanked my wife for the cookies. Yeah, they were great. They yeah. were great. All right, let's get to our All picks. Right. Um, do we have to? We yeah. do. Okay. Uh, I'll let you go first. We are basically muddling along at uh, 500, but this is a a chance to turn things around. I am going to start. I am going to – I was made a believer by the Raiders as well uh, with the way that they played. And having come through the week they did and kind of unifying the way they did, I think they keep it going. They're only a a three-point favorite at home against Philly. I'll take uh, the Raiders. Uh, I – Believe in what you're saying about Seattle with some of the issues they deal with. New Orleans is a very good football team coming off their bye. They're going to be ready to go. I'll take the uh, Saints minus the four and a half. And I'm going to take uh, New England. At some point, they got to put together a wire-to-wire uh, impressive victory and what perfect team to do it against than the hapless Jets. So I'll take New England minus the seven. Mike, you know I like to come out with themes, right? Yes, you have themes. And yes. my theme this week is go big or go home. Oh, I think I know what you're doing here. All right, so I'm going to look at the biggest spreads on the board, <laughs> and I'm going to take the uh, favorite to win. How about that? So I'm going the Packers over the Washington football team, minus 8.5. Packers cover that easily with a 10-point victory. I'm going to go to uh, Lions at Rams, excuse me, Rams minus 15 and a half. Boom, I'm taking the Rams oh, no, over the Lions. Jared Goff revenge game. Jared Goff, I don't care if Jared Goff wants revenge. You know what? You can have all the revenge you want. Aaron Donald's on the other side wrecking the ball <laughs> or wrecking the game. And then I'm going to go, lastly, 
Uh, the Cardinals playing great football right now over the Texans. I'm taking the Cardinals minus 17. Wow. I'm giving all the points. I want all the points. I want all the heat. I want it all. Bring it on. You are giving away in three games a combined 41 points. You know what? Why didn't you take Tampa minus the 12 and a half over Chicago? Sometimes you got to let your nuts swing. Oh, they are swinging. Yeah, sometimes you just got yarbles. You got to let out. your. You, sometimes you got to let your cack. Your cack. Your uh, what? What I call those? Uh, your uh, your. Uh, sometimes you got to let your uh, clackers. Clackers. You got to let the clackers. Well, clack. Your clackers are clacking for all to see. So we'll yeah. see what happens. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Hey, I want to thank everybody involved in the show for. Uh, the great uh, presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers, Bet with a Winner, Bet with Bet Rivers. Um, check them out uh, online at betrivers.com. Also, the great folks over at Dude Wipes, dudewipes.com. And uh, hey, listen, man, if you want to spice up your tailgate, stinkinggood.com. Check out my green chili line, my queso line. You're going to absolutely love it. That's stinkinggood.com. Order it and we'll ship it out to you. All right, Mike, for uh, Mike Evans. I am Mark Schler with Millennial Ben producing the show. Thank you so much uh, for listening to the Stinking Truth Podcast.